morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday Sports Wrap. And what a week in sport it's been. An Aussie team became world beaters. A historic pay deal has been struck. A world championship kicks off to farewell a legend. And one of the tightest AFL season continues. All this and more in today's show. I'm Lisa Johns, and of course, joining me is Stuart Maurice. Morning. Hello. How are we? I'm very well. How are you? I'm still recovering from St George's capitulation. <laughs> there, there. How's the psychology going? I'm in deep therapy. Deep therapy. And with us is Hamish Solomon. Good morning, Ham. Good morning. How are you? Relieved that you're back. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Just thanks. <Yeah. laughs> what happened? Oh, Organisation isn't my strong point, let's just say, and uh, it seems to be yours. So oh, we're just happy to that. see you back because I think uh, we're all, we all know that you're the boss. Oh, yeah. thanks. And she's far less intimidating than Renee, who's got those <laughs> guns I told everywhere. You. I warned you. I said she's got guns uh, till tomorrow. Yeah, if I give her any cheeks, she'll pick me up and throw me around the room. <laughs> of course. Stu's, if you're lucky. <laughs> Stu's talking about our guest host last week, Renee Stramitis, who sat in this chair and warmed it up for me. Thanks, Renee. It's been a busy week, boys. It's all happening. It's been interesting, hasn't it? It has been very interesting. Of course, we'll be going through all the hot news, the NRL, the AFL rounds as well. So don't go anywhere. Plenty to talk about. Yeah, well, cricket pay dispute's finally been resolved. It has, um, thankfully. <laughs> I don't know, I'm a little bit sad it's all over. Oh, really? Where's the drama gone? <laughs> the drama's all over now. And I just paid $14,000 and I've still got more to pay to go to the South African cricket tour, so I'm glad it's, yeah, it's well, organised. Truth be told, you know, thankfully. Why did it take so long is the big question. After you read through the results and, and how it's all panned out, you think to yourself... Why did it take so long? Anyway, yeah. well, they had to come up with something. Obviously, it was getting a bit ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> yes, of course we will. We will talk through that in a little while. The BBL and WBBL fixtures came out this week, which mm-hmm. is exciting. Uh, the Women's Ashes has been launched. Uh, a bit of news coming out around that. And the soccer girls. The soccer girls. How could oh. we go any further without mentioning the Matildas? We will talk a little bit about. The world beaters. And what a way to finish. Oh, fantastic effort. Fantastic effort. Of course, we lost a, a legend in, in football this week with the passing of Les Murray. Okay, you are listening to the Sunday Sports Wrap. What you going to do, Gary? Congratulations, you're still my agent. And it was a cause for celebration during the week when Cricket Australia and the Australian Players Association finally smoked the peace pipe. A five-year deal of a player payment pool of $500 million for male and female domestic and international players was finally agreed upon. Good news, boys. Good news. And and the girls came out big winners. Massive winners. Huge winners for the girls. Yeah, the the female payment increases from $7.5 million over the five years to $55.2 million. So for the layman out there, Mm. and for me, (laughs) we can assume that the players have won this battle. Well, this was my question. So Mm. they both sat there at the press conference, Cricket Australia, James Sutherland. In front of the... uh, Old cricket nets there. That's right, was yes. That, was that a, a symbol? I think so. Symbolic? Grassroots yeah. cricket, you think? Possibly. Yeah. 
They, they both sat there and said, we both compromised. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no winners and there's no losers. Mm. I'm pretty sure from where I can see that the, the Players Association oh, yeah. are the big time winners. I, Is that fair I to say? I think so, yeah. It so looks that way to me. One big time. Mm. Oh, it, it, it's a decent deal. Uh, as I said, five hundred million dollar play pay a, a player payment pool for the first time ever. As you said, Stu, women have been included in the memorandum of understanding. So the um, the female payment goes up from for international players from forty thousand dollars to $72,000, which is an over an 80% increase. By the time 20, uh, 2022 comes around, that will increase further to $87,600. It's, um, yeah, big, big increases there. Yes, I was reading actually where like Elise Perry and um, uh, Meg Lanning, you know, with all the stuff they're involved, can make up to about 300000 a year. That's right. Yeah, yeah. buttery guy. Definitely. Mm. So if that doesn't get women's participation up in cricket, I don't know what would. One what would hope. I still, I don't know, you read the uh, social media comments by a lot of people and probably a, a lot of uninformed people, including my wife, tried to argue, well, why are they still so much less than the males? I mean, reasons are obvious. They, they play less. Um, they don't drag in the, the income. The, the numbers, yeah. obviously, in the, the male uh, games are a, a lot higher, but... We are seeing improvements. And if the World Cup was anything to go by, uh, it's more of a, a package for, for the people out there to, to take on board because it's entertaining now. I'm, just, I'm hoping the, the test series coming up for the girls is a success. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the, um, the crowds go for the day-night mm. test at North Sydney Oval. Yeah. I was wondering, why wouldn't they just play it at the SCG? <clears throat> The ground's too big, so obviously they wouldn't fill it. So they want to try and get a bit of an atmosphere. Yeah, you'd, you'd think that the atmosphere would yeah. be uh, a little better and tighter and closer. And North Sydney Oval is a smaller ground as well. Mm. Well, they played at Hurstville Oval. Played at Hurstville. Yeah, I don't think they've got the <laughs> lighting. Big enough. <laughs> lighting. It'd be nice if the canteen would be busy, oh, Stewie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's another. Is there another test match? Are there two test no, matches? There's only one. Because there's something going on in Coffs Harbour too, isn't there? Are yeah. There? So I'll get, I'll get. We'll get to that okay. shortly. Hmm. <laughs> We're jumping the gun. You, got, you guys are, you are, but you're excited about excited. women's cricket, which has been reflected in this. I think um, anyone that listens deal. to this show knows we're excited about women's sport. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, we're all involved in women's cricket, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. $25 million is going to grassroots cricket, which is what the players, that's, yeah, that's, apparently was one of their big sticking points. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's what a big the winner. Cricket Australia wanted too, wanted to pour money into grassroots. Mm. I think yeah. the feedback through a lot of this, and they probably had more than enough time to digest it as this battle was in progress, was that, um, you know, the big loser had been grassroots cricket because not much money had been filtering there. So I guess they both started to, to incorporate it into their their battle plans to win the support of, like I said, the third party in all of this, which is the paying Australian cricket public. Mm. So Cricket Australia didn't want the revenue share model anymore. They wanted it gone. They felt it was outdated. The players advocated for it to stay. And, in fact, it's gone from 26% of the revenue share up to 30%. Yeah, so you can't tell me that Cricket Australia aren't losers in this uh, deal. Well, Alan Border came out and said that the players won. Yeah. Right. I, okay. I think Cricket Australia can now 
refer to it as the memorial of understanding. <laughs> because right. I think they've well and truly been dusted in this one. Look, I'm just glad it's over, to be truthful. I mean, I enjoyed the drama of being able to talk about it and have a whinge at who was wrong and right. But, you know, let's just get on with the sport now. Still trying to understand the ins and outs of some of the details. Has it changed your opinion on cricket? Has it, has it kind of... For, for me... It's been so protracted and it's been um, so arduous and I just have been really frustrated by it and disappointed in both parties at Mm. times. For me, it's made me love cricket a little bit less. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking now too. I mean, I love it a lot, so there's room to move, (laughs) but I just feel... Uh, uh, The pressure's now on the players. They've got to perform. Mm. They've they've, They've grabbed a heap more money and the public will expect... Uh, a bit of performance from especially the men. Rightly or wrongly, I think the players lost some support throughout this battle. I think so. I think um, some some aspects of the battle could have been managed a lot better from their point of view. Mm. Uh, They probably... Less tweeting from five-star resorts would have been nice. It could have been a a little less social media stuff. (laughs) But, you know... Let's get on with it. Let's just play the game for what it's worth and um, let's see if we can love watching our Aussie cricketers go about business. They'll need to, they'll need to perform. That's one thing for those, sure. Those elite players were still, still had a lot of money to play with and mm. uh, I know just uh, hearing uh, Joe Broadbent speaking uh, the other day, the girls were really – some of those girls were really struggling. They were looking mm. to pay rent and God knows mm. what. They didn't yep. have the money but they stayed strong and – and stuck it out. When you've got a lot of money, it's pretty easy to be on strike. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's over, it's done, and um, we've got some cricket to play. Australia, the Australian men's uh, test team will tour Bangladesh, so that uh, test series has been saved. The Ashes has been saved, and as we were talking about earlier, the women's Ashes gets underway in Australia around about October, I think it is. The way they do it is a little bit different from the men's so that they do it in a um, bit of a series where they play a couple of one-dayers, one test match and a couple of T20s. So, yeah, first day-night women's test ever, historic occasion, will take place at North Sydney Oval on November 9 to 12. Will they be playing with pink balls? Oh, I guess so. Mm. Probably. Maybe swinging around a little bit more. <laughs> Shoes lifting his back to that one, leaning through <laughs> to the keeper. But before the girls get to that, in Coffs Harbour, there'll be a couple of one-dayers. There's a one-day international on October 22 in Brisbane, two 50-over one-dayers in Coffs Harbour on October 26 and 29, and there'll also be a couple of T20s. One being at North Sydney Oval and two down at Marnica Oval. And the points for that will, will all go together towards the winner of, of the women's ashes. It's so a bit of an eastern seaboard affair, isn't it? Yeah. What about the rest of the country? What about the rest of the oh, country? The girls like being near the beach. Mm. I like the girls being near the beach as well. That's got nothing to do with it. The girls just play where they get told to play. Nah, they've organised the whole schedule themselves, haven't they? Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get down the beach? Get we're a trying, we're yeah. trying to promote women's cricket here, and you just drag us through the mud. That's right. It's my job. <laughs> yeah, one of us has got to be a little bit like that. Otherwise, it'd be boring. What What is exciting from this is uh, Cricket Australia have partnered with some local cricket clubs for the sales of the tickets that are going on sale. Ten dollars for adults, five for concession. It's free for kids to get in. 
And every uh, $2 from every adult concession ticket will go to supporting those nominated local cricket clubs or charities, which is which is fantastic effort. And ABC Radio, of course, have always been a good supporter of, of cricket, women's cricket. They will be um, broadcasting cricket.com.au. will also have the um, test match being live streamed and Channel 9 are actually on board this year. How good is that? That really is amazing that... You know, within what you'd have to say three years, yeah, that the girls' yeah. coverage has improved tenfold. Yeah. I think we can thank the WBBL a lot for that. Oh yeah, and then bouncing out of that, the the Women's World Cup we just saw was remarkable, and I think across the globe, we've seen interest in women's cricket rise. I'm I'm looking forward now to picking up on the BBL and WBBL signings because I'll start releasing yeah. a lot of those. And you'd like to think that some of the the franchises in the women's Big Bash will be going after some of these overseas players. Oh, you hope so. Yeah. yeah. You, you want to see the um, Julam Goswamis of India. Mm. Not ju- not we, you know, we had a couple of the girls come out from India. Yeah. Um, but we want we want to see some of the other ones that have, have yeah, you well, know. I think the um, World Cup has put them on Chimandri, the stage. A, a, Absolutely. Uh, Athapatu from yeah. um, Sri Lanka. Get her out. Surely here. Uh, uh, the Hobart Hurricanes, someone like yeah, could do far worse sure. than getting a girl who can who can bat like that, and she did it against the Australian team. Yeah, that's right. You mm. get get them all out here. I think we'll see an influx. We only had a couple of South Africans. I think we'll see a few more of them. Yeah. Um, and you know we've always been quite friendly with the the Kiwis and the um, the Poms, and they've represented in. Uh, a lot of the the tournaments so far, I think we're going to see a whole lot more. So here's a question: there's, mo- there's money to be made for those girls too. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. Here's a question for you, because yeah, they're probably not on the same the deals. Although the Indians, I hear, are pretty well looked after, and especially if they were um, to come out the other side of the ledger in the final, they would have been very well looked after. I hear mm. a lot of money. Is there room for further expansion? In the Big Bash League and the WBBL. So, for instance, a third team from Sydney and some other teams from different areas. Uh, I think it just start to uh, sort of dilute, dilute the, the ta- talent a fair bit, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, especially the girls, I think that was, I was struggling mm. a little bit. You know, there was a lot of girls playing in some of those things that, yep. that I saw play in women's grade that were yeah. only so-so. Yeah. That was my worry when the WBBL was announced. To be yep. honest, I thought yep. we're going to we're going to stretch the talent pool very thin. Yeah, but I've been surprised, and we've seen some really good players come through th- that you know normally we would only see in grade cricket actually get their chance and take it with both hands. And I think of someone like Ashley Gardner, yep. mm-hmm. uh, who was there and thereabouts in women's first grade cricket around Sydney, and then the the big bash came in. And she just took her opportunity with both hands and really dominated uh, for the Sydney Sixers. Speaking of Ash Gardner, yes. off to South Australia. All right. Mm. There you go. So no longer a breaker. Oh, breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Gardner's gone to South Australia. Yeah. What's happened there, Interesting. Uh, I suppose she, she thinks there, there might be an opportunity. South Australia might have, oh, I don't know the ins and the outs, yeah. South Australia might have. Well, she'll, get to, she'll get to bat higher up the orders, probably what Renee Farrell did years ago going to Perth. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, for sure. And, and it, look, we'll still see her playing in the in WBBL and for Australia. I and... believe she'll still be with the Sixers. Right, yep. okay. Yep. There you go. So, look, yeah, and I think it is an opportunity for that talent. And with the international girls coming over, I I would hesitate to ad- 
uh, increase the the teams just yet for the WBBL. Perhaps there's room in the BBL. It's so well established now. Mm. I would hesitate to do it just at this point for the women. What do you think, Stewie, with the the men? Because you know um, there's still yeah. I think you could probably put aside in Canberra, yeah, maybe because they, you know, they play yep. out of that um, Monica Monica yeah. Oval there. I'd like to see a top end team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, coached by Damien Martin. Because he was, I think he was born in the top end. There you go. Yeah. He's a crocodile. <laughs> but yeah, you could certainly. I mean, they could attract a lot more overseas players. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And, oh, definitely. And, and a lot of good grade cricketers definitely. would get that, yeah. that yeah. opportunity. And I think with the money for the women now too, they they could attract. They're going to attract a lot more overseas players yep. for sure. Mm. Mm. Well, it's been good news for cricket. We love our Finally, cricket, don't we? we do love our cricket. Let's just rename out the cricket. The, Sports rap, <laughs> the cricket rap, the cricket something. But look, we're going to move away from cricket. We talk about a little bit more of women's sport because it's been a fantastic week for the Australian Matildas. Cuts around the first defender, has numbers in the middle, looks for her own number in the far post, and why wouldn't she? A thing of beauty from Katrina Gorey. Who have won the Tournament of Nations, defeating not only America for the first time, 1 0, thanks to Tamika, but. A 4-2 win over our rivals, <laughs> Japan, <laughs> and a 6-1 demolition of Brazil. Oh, yeah. Brazil, it would have, you know, leading into that game, we thought, oh, that's going to be a tough one. We, we won't win that. Well, we went down to them in the Olympics in that controversial manner at the penalty shootout with the Brazilian keeper coming off the line a little early. It was going to be a tough game, but... 6-1. All right, so to give you an idea of how great this win is, I did a bit of research, which is unusual for me. Wow. <laughs> so, four-team tournament. Yes. Um, USA ranked one. They are, yes. Japan ranked six. Brazil ranked eight. Australia ranked seventh. Oh, seventh. In the world. Yes. So to win that tournament, you know, we've knocked over it. two teams who uh, um, sit higher on the rankings than us, and Brazil... Right next to us, mm. and obviously bouncing back from um, the defeat at the hands of Brazil uh, has shown that they're in a in a great place with the World Cup in two years' time. Yep, they are serious contenders now. Oh, absolutely! And what I've loved about it is that it's received a lot of attention. Like it's just a tournament of it's an invitational tournament for for nations. Yeah. I love the There's way it's no tournament f- tournament of nations or oh, oh <laughs> yeah. it'd be stacked. Oh, it's four. Yeah. <laughs> it's four. <laughs> but tournament of, you know, good nations. And I, I think yeah. there's obviously the European nations I don't understand why if they had a, a tournament in America with Canada ranked fourth, yeah. they weren't included. Oh. Americans don't like Canadians. Yeah. And vice versa. <laughs> I guess with the Americans being the world champions, they probably thought let's they just can pick do some what they teams. want. Let's pick some teams we can beat. Little did they know that the Matildas were going to beat them all. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's fantastic because now we're starting to um, hear names of these girls that have put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into their sport to get it where it is, and they're becoming household names like Lisa Devanna, who you know, scored two goals against Brazil to become the leading all-time goal scorer for the Matildas. Yeah. And, you know, we've got Sam Kerr who, who um, kicked three goals. People are, are learning these names. They're becoming household names. Is You know, Lydia Williams, Claire Polkinghorne, as I said, Tamika Butt, went, ha- 
you know, we're going. There's not, a name I remember. We're not going to forget that name. <laughs> no, <laughs> not just because of the name, but because she, you know, for the first time won nil against America for she's the first a, time she's ever. She's a household name, and I'm not talking yeah, about well, the toilet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what the uh, the the USA Cooper said when Tamika butt kicked the goal. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, Tamika. <laughs> I'm sure she's used to it at the moment. Oh, I'm but sure. I'm sure well, she's, she's the butt of a lot of I'm, jokes. <laughs> I'm sure she's over it, and I'm sure she's pretty pleased with the way things are going in in her sporting life at the moment. Oh, it's it's just fantastic news. And as you said, Haim, we're heading towards a World Cup in 2019, and yep. it just puts us on the on the right footing. Yeah. To, and the to, thing to, is, to kick that off, we can win a World Cup. It, yeah. The men, yeah. You know, You'd have to pour millions and millions of dollars into it and you might finish in the top ten. I can't say it's ever going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the women, they can win one. Oh, definitely. And and I think that they will believe that now. Oh, after yeah. after this kind of tournament and such a dominant display, I think these girls are going to come home and believe that they are top contenders for that World Cup, and, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah, they can come home and go back to their, their five-day-a-week job. That's right. <laughs> it might be a little bit of uh, interest in some of these girls. Well, some the, of them do play overseas, and I yeah. think that yeah. But what about a few more? Even start from the, the women's there. AFL, this one here, her brother was is the uh, uh, AFL who is player. this one? Yeah. Pointing Kerr, <laughs> Sammy Kerr, Sammy Kerr. So her, she comes from an AFL family, and apparently, mm-hmm. uh, West Coast team have been after her, and she says she chooses to uh, to stay. With real football. There you go. I guess you've got to make those decisions. And after a performance like yeah, that, exactly. it would be, I think it would make the decision a little bit easier for her. Yep. So well done, girls. And fantastic effort. Well, the Swans certainly did march onwards to victory on Friday night, defeating the Geelong Cats 107-61, a 46-point win there for the Sydney Swans. I, I was... I wasn't surprised. I was shocked. I was not expecting the Swans to win so convincingly. No, well, so I went to the SCG expecting to see St George beat South and expecting <laughs> the Swans to go down to Geelong. All right, you had your wrong red and white team yeah. on. What uh, a win. Yeah. I was I was so pleasantly surprised. We obviously got on, off on the right foot in the first quarter, kicking 47 points, <laughs> which really Geelong were playing catch-up for the rest of the night. Well, that's even from from my sort of point of view, which is not always well informed <laughs> with the AFL. But um, the Swans have been traditionally quite slow starters. Yeah, not this time round. Was it seven goals in the the first term? Something like that. It was just a dominant display. Yeah, seven goals, five in the first term to Geelong's two goals, three. Um, Geelong, few injury. Yeah, look, they, part or they went in. Yes, they went into the game minus their uh, Patrick Dangerfield, who was suspended during the week for that mm, tackle. I'm not sure whether it was worthy of a week, but look, he's sitting on the sideline, and that's history now. 
So, yeah, they were minus Patrick Dangerfield and they were missing Daniel Motlop and a few of the other. Selwood went down. Selwood went uh, down in, in the game. Joel yep. Selwood picked up a, an, an ankle injury mid-game. Yep. So Patrick Dangerfield out, but also the Swans' Josh Kennedy was out. So their best player for our best player. Yep. We kind of evened it out there. But the Swans also had four big ins with Kurt Tippett coming back in, Sam Reed and yep. Jake Lloyd. So we had four big ins, whereas the um, Cats had a few outs and had some really young kids running around on the park. But the Swans, just across the board, was a dominant display. Although if you look at the stats, if you look go through all the stats and the leading disposals, you look through the leading disposals and it's all it's all cats. Mm. So you, if you if you just read the stats, you would think that um, Sydney would have lost that game. But on the scoreboard, where it matters, sixteen goals, eleven, and and it was shared across the ground. Tom Papley kicked three goals. Will Haywood, uh, he's a young 19-year-old. He's a he's a player of the future. He also kicked three goals. Sam Reed and Dan Hannery kicked two each, and the list just goes on. And what's good news is we did it when Buddy had a really quiet night. Yeah, I, I assume the the big positive to come out of that is that uh, Geelong did a great job of containing Buddy. They did, and yep. uh, the players rallied around that and and uh, did the job. Yeah, Tom Lonigan uh, has the job on Buddy Franklin, yep. and yep. Uh, he did a really good job. He only kicked the one goal off from about fifty meters out off one step, which is just ridiculous in itself. But yeah, kept him really quiet. But it was good to see that the Swans around him lifted, even yeah. though you know well, that's he was well positive. contained. It was a massive positive. Did they focus too much on Buddy um, and leave other areas unattended? So to speak. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I think just that the small forwards, in yep. particular, really stepped up, and having that extra target of Sam Reed down down the front, and he's been taking some really hot um, contested marks this season. I think yeah, it kind of stretched them a bit thinner on the ground, and it wasn't a, a game dominated by the midfield. You know, obviously picking up the disposals. Luke Parker and Dan Hannanbury and Kieran Jack were the leading disposal getters for the Swans, but as I said, they, you know, there wasn't that that, that many right at the top of the list across both teams. So it was it was a it was good effort across the board from the boys. And going down there, Skilled Stadium or the Cattery or Cadinia Park or whatever you want to call it, Geelong Stadium, it's a fortress for yep. Geelong, absolute fortress. Except against the Swans, who were three three wins and three losses in their last six games, so yeah, not not so much the fortress there for the Cats this week. Yeah, but uh, it leaves the Swans in sixth spot. It does. It leaves us in sixth spot. And I can't see them getting knocked out of there. There's only West, West Coast Eagles can come up equal with them on forty four, but um, on percentages they won't. Percentage, yeah. Well, I think it's it's more the other way. The Swans would be looking for that top four positioning now, wouldn't they? Yeah, they're four points out of it. Well, Richmond's running fourth, and uh, they're, they're a win out of that uh, and got a better percentage. Yeah, had we not lost, had we not dropped that game last week to the Hawks, very disappointing, we would be sitting in fourth right now. Yeah, we've still got, got Adelaide next week. I uh, know we've got Frio next week. Oh, that's right. Oh, so that's right, Frio at SCG and then... Frio at home Saturday afternoon. I love the Saturday afternoon games at the SCG. I can't go to that because it's 1.45 and my netball team plays at midday. <laughs> can't they play fast? <laughs> Come on, girls, faster. Uh, yes, so we play at home at Frio. Then we've got a really tough, the toughest road trip, I think, 
at the moment in the AFL fixture is Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, so then they play that. And then the final round game is back at the SCG. Spuds. Swans play cup. Is that when uh, Stewie offloads his 200 scopes <laughs> into the uh, bank account of uh, Laps for Lives? Well, we'll see. yeah, that could be the point. Yeah, so I was, I was taking my friend uh, Heather out there. She's a mad Carlton supporter. Let's see what happens with that. So I've got a question. Yes. My main man, Kurt Tippett. How yes. Do he, how do he fare in his uh, return to the top grade? Mm. Mm. Will he hold his spot? That's this is the, the question. Yeah, this is a lot the question. Of, a lot of moolah to be uh, tied up in, in resis. Yeah, it uh, is. If he doesn't play uh, at the top tier. It's it's tricky. Sam Naismith has, I think, been by far and away their best ruckman yep. in the last couple of months. Callum Sinclair, he's been playing well. He's given them a target up forward. Not so accurate unless he's right in front of the goals. <laughs> I mean, he did kick that... Um, five bagger against the Saints, but to be fair, they were like from five metres out and then he missed all the other ones. But he's been a good target for them and a good contested mark. Yeah, it's hard to see if, if all those guys are fit and you're going on form. Mm. Uh, Kurt's played well in the NFL in the two games that he played. But I'm not sure he dominated as much as he would have liked on Friday night. I suppose for the Swans, it's not a bad problem to have yeah. because um, if you do, unfortunately, suffer an injury to, to one of those key players and you've got a pretty decent player available. Mm. Yeah, so. Mm. Watch that space. Uh, yeah, it's, that's a tricky one. I wouldn't like to solve that problem. I'll, <laughs> that's why they pay those coaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Fan- just go out and watch. Yep, fantastic effort on Friday night from the boys. Very pleasing indeed as we head towards September. Mixed emotions for Friday night for you guys with your red and white teams. Yeah. I actually went out, so I didn't see the game, but I recorded it and I turned my phone off. So, well, I didn't turn it off, but I just ignored the messages coming through and there were a lot coming through. So I'm like, either this is good or bad. Yeah. Well, we, we, <laughs> we know that you, you lean more towards the AFL. I'd be interested to, yep, to hear from Stewie. Sure. What, was your, what was your focus on Friday night? Oh, well, I was at, well, I was at the SCG you were at the to, game, watch, to watch you? St. George and South and yeah, myself and my St. Too. George brother uh, uh, slumped down the road and back to the station. We decided to call into a pub. Yeah. So there's not many pubs down in Favo Street. Yeah. And we uh, <laughs> we sat there for a few hours and I did actually look up at the screen and see the Swans winning, but yeah. I was watching it through the bottom of a beer glass complaining <laughs> about how bad St George were. Yeah. So he wasn't even thinking about his wallet at that stage. Now, was that good um, timing by the NRL to have that particular Absolutely game on ridiculous. early? Yeah. Six o'clock game. St George, George uh, forfeited their home game to go to the SCG in the heart of the South Sydney district. Yeah. 12,000 people there. I'd say a good 8,000 were South supporters. Yep. So they basically gave a home game to... To the Bunnies, yeah. If well, you're going to play a game like that, you'd play it at the... And it's a terrible place to watch rugby league from anyway. Yeah, because you're so far away from the action. And also, like, as a, especially as a member, yeah. um, the member's stand is... Positioned. On about the 20 metre line. Yeah. And if you go upstairs, or you have poles in front of you. Yeah. Um, well, was, the members is not even the best position to watch cricket. No. Nah. Well, the best place to watch cricket is the newsstand. Yeah. And that's where I was back in our, our favourite seat last night, but I was right behind the goalpost. So. Yeah. All right, boys, you've jumped the gun. Time Sorry. out here. We just love it. <laughs> it is a good segue, but we're going to take a break and then we are going to come back See, and talk through the games. That's why we've got Lisa. <laughs> yes. 
Well, it is now in our real time, boys, and we're going to kick off, of course, with Thursday's game, the Bulldogs, who took on the Eels. The Eels have now won six in a row. Are they real contenders for the, the premiership? Well, they've got St George's measure. Well, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so Newcastle, do the Knights. Newcastle Saints measure, I think, yeah, well, for sure. They're, they're playing well. They still can't go past the Storm. No. Storm and the, and the Broncos last night also. Yeah, the, the Storm have got to play someone in the leader. final. But, yeah. The Broncos bounce back yeah. because, I mean, they, they yeah. suffered a loss yeah. last week. I think if you're going to measure how Parramatta are faring, I think you put them alongside uh, Cronulla, who are still a, a genuine... Uh, threat, but they got done by Canberra last night at home. Mm. So I think Parramatta, in that respect, are, are absolutely uh, a threat now. Yeah, the Bulldogs? Well, the, well the, the dogs. The dogs are just terrible. It's not mm. a way to save your coach, was it? No, no. And I think it, things are getting a little bit desperate now. I mean, the, the idea of Chase Stanley moving into the halves. It was a failed experiment, it was wasn't a, it? It was a shocker, but it, it just shows desperation. The interesting topic... I suppose that the Bulldogs at the at the moment is is it Dez or is it the players? I think I think yeah. it's both. They look a lot like St George last year, where they had they got nothing in attack at all. Yeah, and now the defence is falling apart. Like the first try by Alvaro, mm. where he just took a settler Quite and, soft. Just, and just, and <laughs> just, just carried Graham and Tolman over the line with him. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I yeah. think the thing that for me that came out of that game that really sums up the doggies season. Josh Morris knocked on. He <laughs> kicked the ball out of his hands at the tap after the penalty. <laughs> it was woeful. Uh, it yeah. was, there wouldn't have been a hole big enough for him to climb into. No. In fact, I actually think it should have been play on. Yeah. As he's tapped it, it's a kick. You can kick it in any direction. <laughs> and he, he dropped it under his foot and dropped it. Oh. Let's play on. It, it I, was um, terrible. I got home after work. I watched the replay. And at the 58-minute mark, I quoted myself. I didn't realise at the time, but I quoted myself as saying, bloody hell, the dogs scored a try. <laughs> and that's what it's come to. Isn't it sad for a Bulldog supporter to be yeah, saying yeah. stuff Surprise like that? Surprise that they score. But, you know, it's some of the tactics still, yeah. they, they're still continue, like they still continue on with the, the short dropout. Well, this is one of my questions. Talk yeah. me through it. I don't understand well, the persistence to do this. He, it doesn't work anymore. They, they, they do the short dropout when they're in a situation uh, at the start of the game where they obviously want to try and get the ball and stuff like that. And it hasn't worked at all the whole season. They're still sticking with it. It's uh, worked well, the first couple yeah. of weeks as a surprise but, tackle. Well, yeah. yeah. yeah the, the other teams now are lining up for it. They, yeah. So now here's the bit that gets me is when they're behind, they started getting the long dropout. Yeah. Now – doesn't that defeat the purpose? Wouldn't you do the short dropout when you need to try and... I think they'd given up. ...lurk the ball back? But, yeah, it just goes to show what's going on there. It's just there's a lot of frustrated Bulldog supporter. We had a guy um, go into the dressing room and have a chat to David Clemmer <laughs> about why he's not offloading. And, you know, <laughs> How did look, he get in How there? did he get, huh? yeah, good How did he get that, in there? Well, that is a really good question. And apparently this guy in the in the newspaper saying he sort of started off as quite a civil conversation and he was giving Clemmer a few raps and then he sort of turned around and said, mate, I think you should work on your offloads. It'd be, you know, and then it, <laughs> things t- turned a bit nasty and a bit heated. But I'm trying to work out, he's a Bulldogs member. I'm not sure how he got himself in that position. I'm sure it wasn't Ray Dibb. Um, but, you know, 
I'm sure that there's a lot of Bulldog supporters out there. That, <laughs> They'd be lining up for the chance. Yeah, you know, to ask a few questions and, and work out why a team that has still got, on paper, a very good playing roster are just performing very poorly. Well, on the flip side, a team that's not performing poorly are the Eels. Mitchell Moses, Corey Norman, that combination's looking a well-oiled machine, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. It's just getting stronger and stronger and um, they're getting more and more used to... They're yep. playing together and their combinations are starting yeah. to work. No, so. no Gutherson, and they're still winning like this. Yeah, and I, yeah, he was, Bevan he's French went off with players. a hamstring. Yeah, and actually, I thought one of the interesting parts of the night was the uh, referee penalising the, the dogs for a, a dropout. That they in took front, a, a, took a meter into the field of play. That yeah. happens every week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that must have been, must have come up in their discussion. Mm. Well, it was a masterclass. <laughs> but it just sort of <laughs> sums up the. The way things are going for the dogs. It was a masterclass for the eels, and oh, I'm pretty happy. I'm, I don't mind the old eels. I'm pretty happy for them to to be performing as well as they did after all the yeah. well, you, you want, you want issues to see they some, had to endure last year. Yeah, well, you want to see somebody win a grand final apart from Storm or Brisbane, don't you? <laughs> you know what I'm enjoying about the eels? Exactly what we just spoke about is the fact that their halves combination is starting to work because since Peter Sterling... That's where they've struggled yeah, yeah. for so long. Mm. So, and, and, you know, that's for a Bulldog supporter. That was one of the great rivalries of the 80s, wasn't oh, yeah. it, Stuart? So I, for a Bulldog supporter to say actually enjoying that, it's quite a big statement, but I am. Mm. Someone who didn't enjoy proceedings on Friday night, Stu the Dragons went down 24-26 to the Rabbitohs, uh, thanks to um, Adam Reynolds' boot at the yeah. last minute. Adam Reynolds' boot, or was it just the Saints <laughs> are sort of clocking off yeah, in the seventy fifth minute? Yeah, two weeks in a row they've done it, but yeah. uh, the game itself was nothing to get wrapped about. It took five minutes before either team completed a set. Mm. It was drop ball, drop ball, drop ball. Uh, St George, look, they had everything for going for them. They got all the penalties. Yeah, uh, George Burgess had ten minutes in the sin bin. Sammy, uh, uh, Sammy Burgess, yeah, uh, they led by ten with nine minutes to go. Just as well there's glass in front of me because I'd throw myself off the edge. Yeah. It did set just driving me crazy. I was shocked. What, what is with the Dragons? They looked as flat as attack going forward. What's changed from the start of the season? How do teams move away from something that's helping them win and, and going back to old ways? It looked like the Dragons of, of last season where they just yeah. won out up the middle, nothing was happening. Why yeah. do they change the tactics? I don't know. They, uh, they was got a few offloads early, and they. Uh, they well, the offloads yeah. were the key. They yeah. they get an offload. I think Tyson Frizzell got a really good offload, and it led to um, the Dragons' first try, and and it really sparked something in attack. But then they just went back into their yeah. shell and looked really flat again. Yeah, they, they got a that ten ten point lead, and you know, they were lucky to get back there. South played quite well in the back half of that first half. They did. They were carving them up through the middle. Yeah. I don't know what was going on with our, the St George defence. But uh, yeah, like to their credit, St George came back and scored a couple of tries, got in front, and they just tried to close the game out. But you know, South had nothing to lose. It's, it's so hard to beat a team with nothing to lose. Yeah. Uh, and they just threw it all over the place and scored a couple of tries in you know, two tries in three minutes. Well, I, I throw the question at you: those those two tries came within a couple of minutes of each other, if not a minute and a half. But beside that, did Saint George win the contest, the battle? I don't, because they they led for most of the game. You know, was it just a couple of minutes that cost them? 
well, it was the same thing last week. Mm. Uh, they, uh, against Newcastle, they never looked like uh, Newcastle never looked like they're going to score. St George looked like they're going to score every time they had the ball. Yep. But Newcastle won. So just a, a little sleepy patch there for a few minutes, and bang, it's all over. Yeah, I think the Dragons weren't that clean throughout the game. There was a lot of simple errors. At one point, they didn't find touch kicking yeah. and. Silly errors there like that. There was some simple errors that, that and when um, the Rabbits did score, the defence was really lacking. Uh, it was just pretty simple straight through through the turnstile. So I don't know if you can say it's just a minute. I think a lot of little things that they didn't execute as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that Hunt's going to make a big difference when he comes next, next year because I've written this year off. They won't make the eight. Well, this was going to be my question. So we're sitting in eighth now. We're hanging there by the skin of our teeth. Panthers play today. If they win, they'll go. Dra- yeah. Dragons will drop out. Well, I'm saying at the moment St George won't win another game for the rest of the season. Okay. They're gone. They're they won't gone. make the eight. Won't make the eight. Well, I think off the back of the uh, the fact that they have lost three of their last four games against teams out of the eight. Yep. Probably says a lot. Uh, and then now you've got uh, Dugan potentially. He's picked yeah. up yeah. a serious a ankle, ankle injury, yeah. He's, he's clocked off. He doesn't want to I think so. I, yeah. Yeah. I think so But too. one positive, I think, is um, Matt Dufty at the back. Oh, I think yeah. he's a stayer. He's yeah. a keeper. Uh, he's only going to get better and better. Uh, Dowst will sell him. <laughs> well, the Sharks will be... Well, well, the Sharks literally, I was going to say the Vultures... But potentially the Sharks, and you know, there'll, there'll be other people circling. But I think you know he's a local junior. One would hope. We've got a lot of local juniors playing with a lot of other clubs. Too. Well, that's the that's just the NRL for you in this day and age. But one would hope that uh, common sense prevails, and you try and keep a guy like that at your club because it's good. Now here's a guy, Matt Dufty, who was helping out the, a local Penzers RSL under sevens or under eights team, coaching wise. Good on him. You need guys like that. Yeah, you do in your area. Yeah, community orientated. Yeah, flying the flag for their sport, in and they the, loved him. In the run home, the Dragons have the Titans, the Broncos, the Panthers, and finish off with the Doggies. So oh. we might win one game, Stu. <laughs> no. yeah, well, that, that's a, that's <laughs> but that's that's a one game that the Doggies seem to I'm, lift for. I'm not picking St George in the tipping contest for the rest of the year, no matter who they play. <laughs> oh, harsh. You are listening to the Sunday Sports Wrap, and we are in the throes of our NRL wrap. The Cowboys and the Storm did business on Friday night, and the Storm have come away with the bickies. Is that a fait accompli? Uh, should we just give the premiership to the Storm? Yeah, it's all over. Call the cop off. <laughs> Call it off. Yeah. yeah. Well, you hey. know what? It's, it's not only just... I think that game exemplified that it's not just about the big three... Because uh, mm. it was an absolute wingers' night out. Yep. With uh, both wingers scoring a a couple each. Yep. Addo Car and Vunavalu. How fast is he? Yeah. Well, he's he's really come come along under Bellamy, hasn't he? Yeah. Like he was a reasonable player with the Tigers. Yeah. He's a superstar now. But the Tigers why did the Tigers see something? Yeah. When when you're that <laughs> they're quick, they're going to be kicking themselves. Yeah. Addo Car's gone. Mitchell Moses gone. Like. <laughs> You'd think Doust was in charge of him, wouldn't you? Stop it. <laughs> yeah, the, the poor old Cowboys, they, they, they were playing two men down for most of the game with Gavin Cooper and uh, Tanya Winterstein yeah. coming off early. Yeah, it's not, uh, not the got, best you know, thing for the Cowboys. They're out, Scott out. Well, they're doing well to stay where they are at the moment. Yeah, but it's hard to see the Cowboys doing damage into the finals with, without Thurston. Yeah. Or could they surprise? Am I writing them off? I still can't go past the storm. They're just They're just... Too good. Yeah. Well, they'll definitely take out players. the minor premiership. 
Mm. There's no, there's no doubt about that. It just comes down to the only thing I think that'll affect the storm is if that one of those players gets injured, uh, particularly one of the big three. Yeah, one of the firm. Exactly. Well, where is the weak link in in the storm? Do they have one? No, no, <laughs> no. I don't think they do. Yeah, like they're no name players are just. They're solid, you know, those, those forwards just keep, keep the middle blocked up. Uh, they're strong across the back and, you know, they're just running off the, the passes from Cronk and Slater and Smith. They're just they're pointing them in the right directions, putting them into the gaps. So is this the point in time where we start to put a little X against the Cowboys, though? We've obviously now a couple more injuries. I don't know yeah, how... I, look, I, when Thurston was injured and out for the rest of the season, I put a line through it. They can't win the grand final. Yeah. yeah, Thurston. But they surprised us by performing so well without him. Yeah. But, but I suppose yeah. this was a big test. But mm. I guess I was just saying it was a winger's night out, but it was also a bit of a winger's night out yeah. uh, in the press conference with Green, who's usually pretty pretty calm. He yeah. just he just basically gave up 10000 yeah, isn't he? He's Here's my money, now <laughs> let me win. Oh, I'm going to start an insurance company for coaches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just let loose... Well, the Cowboys are sitting in sixth on the ladder. As I said, in my point of view, it's hard to see them doing any damage in September. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Did, did the refs perform that badly in that well, game? Well, it's, it's, I don't it's, know a, how, it's a game I didn't see. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, 26-8, I don't think he's got much to whinge about. 26-8, but, I mean, he lost a few players as well. What was he expecting? Yeah. And he's playing against the Storm, so I, I just found that one a a bit funny to cop because mm. I think there are far far more important reasons why his team lost other than the refing on that particular occasion. Yeah. Well, a team that's not whinging is the Newcastle Knights. They have won two in a row. Back to back. back to First back. time for two years. Defeating the Warriors 26-10 yesterday. Did you watch it, Stu? I did actually. Except there, I watched oh, all three I, games I watched yesterday. It. I enjoyed it. They had fair ma- motivation to win because they now know the victory song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, let's good. sing it again. That's good. Yeah, let's we'll sing, sing it again, again next week. That was fun. Good on them. I, I, I love it. No one is going to begrudge them for uh, winning. I, was, I thought I must have been off the kickoff. The Warriors kicked off. It goes straight down to um, the winger's name. He's dropped the, dropped the ball off the kickoff. Thought, was, was it CO? Ken CO. Well, there you go. That's the end of their night. Yeah. But, uh, to their credit, they came back. Barnett just stormed over for a couple of tries in the first five minutes. And uh, you know, I'm really they, happy for for Brownie as well, yep. the coach. You know, he's had to do it tough, sit through those press conferences after the game, and look so dejected. But I think there's there's something starting to build there. And given that there's some exceptional players coming to the club next yep. year, it's sad. It's unfortunate that they're losing Gay Guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think there, I think Nathan Ross is going to be in trouble for the rest of the season. He caught that knee to the back. He's and uh, they're talking about a possible fracture. He does. He's got a he's got a fractured transverse process in his lumbar spine. So that season. So it's not you don't you don't need surgery for that. That's just um, yeah. I would suggest I yeah. wouldn't be putting my body on the line with a fracture in my spinal column. Yeah, better rest it. But um, an exceptional story. Have any of you guys seen the story or know the 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 Nathan Ross story. He was sort of told by Wayne Bennett that there wasn't going to be a place for him to go back to, to club footy and he had a job in the mines and he was earning over 100 grand a year 
and Stone, the current coach of Newcastle at that time, offered him to come back and play for Newcastle for $25,000 a year. Mm. So he had to weigh up what was better. And obviously from a, uh, he's got young children. The financial security of working the mines would have been a better option, but mm. he said, what would I want to tell my kid when he's old enough to understand? And he chose the football path, and now it's paid off. I, I, love, I love that about the Knights. They're so community orientated mm. it, it, you know they've got a lot of supporters up there come hell or high water no matter how much they've lost they that, still go that to the games. stadium is packed yeah. Oh, yeah. at their home games and i just i just love the, the the way that that community has still supported them even though they've just had their pants pulled down for two years and but i think now they're being rewarded are we seeing the first glimpse of new growth. The, the new the little The revival. sprout has finally yeah, come through the, the soil and, and the Knights are starting to rebuild. Yeah, well, I uh, like, like the way Hodgkinson and Lambs guided the team around. Uh, oh, I thought Brock Lamb played really well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's had some, some bad press and some, some bad moments. Yeah. And, uh, as with Hodgkinson, he got dropped for a while, but uh, they're playing quite well now and um, they all look to be enjoying their footy. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. I really hope that this is the the mark of a a revival because Newcastle is such a great sporting town. Yeah. They deserve to have a team that's doing well. And I, I watch them and I can feel their passion for the club. I Absolutely. can see the players out there loving their club and wanting to give every effort for it. And and that's what I love about the Knights. I think they're everyone's second favourite team. Oh, well, I, think, I think they became everybody's second favourite team when they beat Manly in that grand final in the last minute some years ago. <laughs> but how could you not also just love the Johns boys, particularly oh, yeah. Andrew, Joey, I mean, Maddie. Through all those years of you know, Paul Harrigan, the doggies, yeah, the doggies, the doggies were a pretty good club. But Andrew Johns was still my number one favourite player. Yeah, and that that said a lot, if you know what I mean. Oh, I'm, I'm tickled pink for the night, so I'm so pleased that they won against... And potentially, they may not end up with the wooden spoon. If the Tigers keep losing, mm. they could be like, here you go, boys, this is not for us this year. That'd be fantastic. Now, on the other side of the coin, the Warriors. Yeah. How do we rate their season? Obviously, it hasn't been great. Well, it's just They've had glimpses and patches of good, well, but how got, do we rate their season? Awful. I, I can't understand it. Isaac Luke, who I had a great deal of time with, was one of the best hookers running around. Oh, goes over there. A shocker the, Two of us, a Sheck, who is a superstar with the Roosters. Uh, Sean Johnson, who I thought was one of the best halfbacks running around. He's had a great spine. Mm. They've got Foran over there as well. Admittedly, Johnson's out at the moment, but they just... They just go over there and go to a hungy, I think. Yeah. We used to say that the Broncos were such a good team because they were a one-team town. Mm. It's a one-country team. They're a one-team country, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just, it's just so why amazing. Aren't they, well, I know rugby is the, the, the shining light of sport in, in New Zealand, but why aren't they better? Why aren't they performing better? Yeah, you, you, can't, you just look at that list and you scratch your head. Simon Mannering... You've also got Blake Ashford, who was once the toast of the town when he played for the Tigers. <laughs> Jacob Lilliman plays, he plays some um, origin. For, like, what, what goes I wrong? Think, I think yeah. Kearney's days are probably... Yeah, I, just, I just can't figure it out. You know, they've, just, they've made, what, one grand final in their entire time. Most mm. of the time, you know, they've 
It's probably the only time they ever made the semis. But even watching them, not just looking at those names on paper, thinking they should they should play well, you have these really, really fine glimpses. Like two of us, Ashek got the ball in open play yesterday and almost got scored them a try, aside from some really good cover defence from the Knights. You see these glimpses and you just go, why can't you play like that all the time? Do clubs just get stuck in a losing culture? Is that what happens? Yeah. Well, I think they, they used to play a... A great brand of footy where they threw it all threw over it the around, place. Yeah. Uh, now they've gone back to a, a structure, so they can't score at all. Yeah. But their their defence is still RS anyway. Yeah, I, I can't understand now though when things are looking a bit bleak. They just sort of throw caution to the wind and say, "Well, let's let's have some fun. Let's move the ball around because that's been, like you said, what's been successful for them in the past." Yeah. I look at them, and this game was. It was such a kind of a day and night. I look at the Knights, as I said, and you can see that they're passionate and they want to play for their club and they love their club. I look at the Warriors and I go, do you guys even care that you're out there wearing that jersey? Mm. I just don't feel the passion and their desire to to put the points on the board. Mm. It's hard to watch. Anyway, it'd be another season of what could have been for the Warriors. The Titans took on the Broncos last night in the Battle of Queensland, and I think they wish they didn't. It was the worst loss in the Titans' history, going down 54-0. But didn't the Broncos play well? They surely did. Wow. And that Houston George player, Ben Hunt, had an absolute blinder. At hooker. At ho- yes, playing yeah. at hooker. How happy are you, Stu? As a oh. Dragon support, how happy you see him come down this way? Oh, I can't wait to get rid of McCrone. They should stick tissue paper in his nose more often. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he scored a hat trick, set up a bundle of tries, looked dangerous. Every Some time of those tries were amazing. Yeah. yeah, I think the Titans at that stage had just thrown the towel in. They'd had enough. Do you think we can pencil the Storm and the Broncos in for a final? Oh, yeah. Grand final? Yeah. Uh, Nick Arima, underrated. Yeah, well, it's massively I was, underrated. I was surprised that they were playing him at halfback. And, and, yeah, so and he Hunt. played at seven, Hunt played at nine, Milford yeah, was I on six. Have, I would have had it the other way around. Mm. But uh, I think towards the, uh, the last 10 minutes or so, Hunt was on the field. I think he moved to halfback. Well, I think Hunt actually, when he was growing up, played a little bit of t- did a bit of time playing at nine, so it wasn't foreign to him. Mm. I thought that they combined really well together. Normally, we see Nick Arima come off the bench. Uh, when one of the other two has a little rest. But having all three on there, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, their speed off the mark's just fantastic. And uh, mm. you know, the, he scored the first try, Nick Aruma just you know, they, they put a lot of pressure on for quite a while and then finally they just cracked and uh, he just split through the gap and scored. And just said, you know, the first couple of steps he was gone. Mm. Reminded me of my, pi- my prime. Mm. In regards... <laughs> so, so, a, a really good game from the Broncos... Not so much the Titans. Is I have a question. Is Jared Hayne worth having in your team for those fleeting glimpses of brilliance and then you also on the other side have to put up with those brain explosions and, oh. and the half-heartedness, which he looks like he's playing. So they, they get a repeat set. They're 10 metres out from... And he kicks it. And he kicks it on the first... Dead. Kicks it dead <laughs> on the first tackle. And the entire team's head just drops. Yeah, uh, is he worth having in your team for no. those flashes of brilliance? Well, is it, or he's is not he... the same player. No, yeah. oh, for sure. No. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I think he's got a dream about playing for the Matildas. <laughs> he just baffles me at the moment. I know Mal is talking about him. Uh, he needs to prove himself to be in the World Cup squad. If Mal picks him in that World Cup squad, he's an absolute moron. 
mm. because he's certainly not one of the best 26 players around at the moment. Yeah. Do you want to be coming up against the Titans next week? Is this going to like do damage to kind of <laughs> to their, their thinking or are they going to come out all guns blazing next week? Uh-oh. Does Sir George play the Titans next week? No. Oh, bugger. <laughs> does the Bulldogs? How much damage does this 54 loss? I mean, they're sitting they're sitting third last on the ladder. Well, you so notice that teams, teams at this time of the year either get better or worse. You know, a lot of teams are just starting to really fall off like the Bulldogs and the Warriors and yeah. maybe St. George. They're too busy reading their... Now, are the Titans now... Holiday brochures. A, a part of that? I think so. I mean, that's, that's a bad loss, isn't it? Oh, in worst a game loss where in you would usually lift because you're playing... The local um, derby. The yeah. local derby. You're at home. You're at home. Uh, 54-0 at home. Yeah. Yeah. That hurts. That's, that's, a, big that's a huge loss. Uh, they battled it out for a little while, but once the Broncos started, it was just... Or is the thinking, you know, oh, we've just played a red-hot team who just... Yeah. Well, the, had... the Broncos were red-hot. Yeah. Everything they tried came off, basically. And they had a number of tries disallowed. One there where Moga looked to score for sure. Yeah. Oh, he knocked and, that on. Yeah, but just, just in the in the run of play, I was, I must have scored. And the referee yeah. went down. I was like, what are you looking at? And he's oh, yeah, he dropped it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> definitely did. Well, that was an absolute thumping from the Broncos. But to finish us off, the Sharks and the Raiders... I've been mistrusting of the Sharks this season and I think I've been justified after last night's game. Sharks. They're not playing well at home. No, the Sharks used in the park to... in the dark well, are, not anymore. are beached. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, to worry, isn't it? Can, They're just can, too inconsistent. Can Well, can this is my question. Can the Sharks go back to back? No. No, they're not going to beat. Well, they're not, not on that form. Yeah, okay. they're not going to beat uh, the two teams that we've just spoken about. No, no Maloney last night. Yeah, I think no. that made a big difference. They were fairly leaderless without him. Like Townsend tried hard, but you need Maloney there to to guide you around the park, and they never really looked likely to sc- score much. than the um, the Raiders just when the Raiders do hit their form and their attack. Now there's a disappointing season because they could have really. Yeah. Put up a show, but they've just been the too Raiders. inconsistent. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. well, Ricky said the referees don't like him, so yeah. yeah. So. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. He hates a whinge. Um, well, another concern well, they're, they're for the... they're sitting 10th on the ladder. Yeah, another concern for well, they're, the, they're, the they're, Sharks. They're, they're a win away from the eight. Yep. And St George are on the way out, so... Yeah. Do they figure? Do, do you put the Raiders in, do you think? We've got four games to go. I, yeah, look, mathematically they can still make it. Yep. It just depends on St George and Penrith what they do. And mm. St George are gone, so they're going to battle it out with well, Penrith. Well, St George's form is slumping and Penrith's form is rising. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a battle probably there. I think I'd pencil Penrith, Penrith in. But I think another concern for the Sharks is that Bird has hurt his yeah. wing. <laughs> he's, w- yeah. he's been winged. Yeah. Um, so if he's out for any length of time... I, must be, I thought the turning point of the match was Papali getting sin-binned and for the entire 10 minutes... They didn't get the ball. Cronulla didn't have the ball. They got a penalty, took a tap, dropped the ball, and then the Raiders had the ball for 10 minutes. Good game management from the Raiders for that to happen, yeah. to keep possession of the ball and not let that 10-minute period affect the game. Yeah, and that, that really turned the match for them. That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Fant- <laughs> really good effort. What do you think about the Raiders' halves, Caesar and Austin? I, I, they just haven't been convincing for me. They haven't gelled yet. They can be good and they can be bad. Mm. Um, I like Austin as a player. Um, he's been he's, so hot and cold this yeah, season. Yeah, he just um, he makes a lot of bad decisions. Last year I thought we'd seen the start of a really good career, but this year I'm not so convinced on him. 
I thought Caesar was going to be the next Scotty Prince. Mm. Like he's a very classy looking player and stuff like that. But he just doesn't put his hand up enough. He just doesn't uh, dominate the games like some of the halves are doing in the game at the moment. Yeah, well, again... But he uh, can play. Yeah, the only good halfbacks around all come from Queensland anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, the Sharks play the Broncos next week, so it's going to be a big test Mm. away. I know who I'll be picking. (laughs) Yes. They'll have Maloney back. Does that sway you a little bit? Uh, No, I think the the Broncos... On the form showed this week, you'd have to back the Broncos, wouldn't you? But then again... Keep in mind, the, the Broncos' uh, performance last night was off the back of a, a loss last week. Yeah. Mm, they must was. have been thrashed yep. <laughs> over the week. <laughs> Mr. Bennett. Well, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting um, round of rugby league this week with a few um, close games and a big thumping. So, as we said, four rounds to go. There's three games on today. With the oh sorry, two games on today. Uh, Manly are taking on the Roosters, which will be an interesting game to see which Manly team turns up. And the Panthers take on the West Tigers, and Stu's got a conspiracy theory about that one. <laughs> so we'll see who wins there. Lisa, you got some breaking I've got news some for us. Breaking news for everyone playing at home. The IAAF Championship, World Championships, the Athletics World Championships is currently on. And, uh, of course, it is Usain Bolt's final race as a professional athlete. It's his farewell party. And the 100-metre final has just been raced, and he's been defeated by Justin Gatlin, who, of course, has been twice banned for drug doping. So apparently it's not been very popular. Is that not the guy been... who beat him in the, in the semi? It, no, yes. The USA guy? Yeah, not being well received. So, unfortunately, his party's been spoiled. So, so let us get it get it right here. Is Usain retiring? He's retiring, yes. Okay. So he's, he's, he announced a long time ago that this will be his his final oh, meet. he needed to go out a winner. He did need to go out a winner. I mean, he's still... Right. Yeah. I'll do a drug test. He might get it yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so he, he actually hasn't been running well. He made a, his, his heat a terrible he, start. He, he wasn't happy with his no, start. No, he, he wasn't happy, and it looks like he's also had a, a poor start in the final here. But, yeah, unfortunately. All things must come to an end, unfortunately. Yeah. and uh, Not the ending you want for such a champion, no, is no. it? No. Well, look, it's not all sad for Usain Bolt. He's still got the 4x100 relay next week, but... Um, Unfortunately, that was his last individual race. But he, loves, he loves his cricket. I wonder if he'll uh, have a crack. Yeah, well, there you go. You never right. know. Bring him over for the big bang. Yeah. I tell you what. Stars will sign him up. Yeah. I tell you what, he, um, he probably played test cricket for the West Indies. <laughs> yeah, the way they're going. And overnight as well, Kokonakis. Tanasi. Yes. Kokonakis is actually through to, the, to a final That's right. of the uh, Los Cobos. Open. He beat Thomas Burditch, I yes, think. Uh, three six seven six six four. So he's playing uh, Query. Sam Query. Sam Query in the final. Now, yep. not so only that, but he would appear to be the only decent male tennis player going around in Australia at the moment. Well, at the moment, and one it? one who seems to be focusing on their tennis and Ten- not tends to things. yeah tends to not say too much. Well, isn't, isn't, isn't that refreshing? Yeah, it is nice. Yeah, there you go. Utah is coming, hear the boom bags humming, Utah.
Well, the boys dressed in blue yesterday unfortunately didn't have a good day and here to talk us through the result is Stu McCarthy from Newtown Jets. Good morning, Stu. Hi, team. How are we going today? We're okay. How are you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, a bit of an unfortunate set of circumstances. Unfortunately, they, um, uh, Matt kind of went to training on Tuesday, which is the day before we, you know, the training session where we don't have any of the, the Sharks guys come back. And for the first time in 10 years, he looked at everyone and said, well, the good news is you're all in the team this week. Uh. Um, pretty much down to uh, our last contracted player. Mm. Um, and, yeah, in a game that we kind of needed to win against a can of... Oh. Yeah, see, <laughs> what he wanted to say is they were coming up against the mighty Bulldogs. Yes, so the Newtown Jets, uh, unfortunately, have been defeated by Canterbury Bulldogs 54-26. to 26. It sounds like they only had the bare bones to... Um, we'll try and get him back on the line <laughs> to see if we can work out. Yeah. I'm excited about this phone call because it's not often we get to talk about a Bulldogs victory. So uh, bring it on. <laughs> He's back. Yeah, sorry about that. But, um, okay. I'm not sure what happened. But, uh, yeah, against the Canterbury side, that despite how they're travelling in the NRL, you know, they're in red-hot form and, you know, fully fit. So, mm. started the game well, got an early try at 6-0 uh, and had, you know, the, the early, early run of play. But uh, gradually the, the Bulldogs kind of grow, you know, grafted their way back into the game. And 6 all for most of the half and then a couple of late tries set us back and then a couple of tries the other side of half-time really broke our back. You know, give the boys their due. We got a run of possession in the second half and, and scored three quick tries. So there was a few hard palpitations for the Bulldogs there for a little while. But uh, you know, then a, a drop ball and we kind of lost our momentum and you know went try for try towards the end of the game. But uh, yeah, the, we scored 26 points and they scored a lot more. So uh, unfortunately, not the result we were looking for. Well, it's unlike Bulldogs. They usually can't score any points, Hamish, can they? Yeah, but this is, <laughs> this is a different team. We, it's got me thinking we should probably just push these blokes up into the NRL for the final few weeks. They, they look well, like they can score some points. Yeah, there's certainly some guys that are, that are putting their hand up, but um, you know, obviously it's a you know it's a, a big step up. But, yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, winning form is good form, and there's certainly I think that's five in a row that they've won at uh, at ISP level. So um, yeah, and, and again, when the, the first grade sides kind of struggling, you know, that gives those guys a lot more motivation. So uh, they can't do anything more than what they're kind of doing uh, to try and you know put their names in front of. In front of Dez, and you know, I know the Bulldogs faithful are kind of really hurting in terms of what's happening with their NRL side. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe some of them will get a run before the end of the season. Well, it sounds like you guys are down to your bare bones of players. Is that through injury or playing up for the Sharks, or what's the cause of that? Well, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Sharks' injury toll keeps mounting. I, I'm not sure how they went last night against the Raiders in that respect, but, um, yeah, I mean, th- that, that's basically the main reason. I mean, we've got a few guys out as well ourselves, but, you know, put them all together. And, and, and in key positions, we, you know, again, we've got Kirk Carr at halfback and Joseph Paulo at 5'8 at the moment, so they're doing an admirable job, but... Um, yeah, and you know, with Adam Clydesdale going up to to, to cover at nine for the Sharks, uh, you know, we're just in, in key positions. We're just a bit underdone. Mm. Is that uh, pretty much season over for you guys now in regards to making finals? Somebody said mathematically we've got got a chance if you know every result went our way. But I mean, yeah, you, know, you don't want to rely on mathematics, mm. unfortunately. So. Mm. All we can do is, you know, we've got three games at Henson Park to finish and, uh, you know, we need to put on a good show for, for the faithful. So, you know, a couple of wins and anything might be a bonus. But, yeah, I, I'd say it's uh, it's a bridge too far, unfortunately. So three games 
left at, at Henson Park. Uh, are they all on the Saturday? Ah, uh, yeah, well, that's the one thing you can be short of just about. You know, Henson Park, 3 o'clock on a Saturday. You don't really, uh, if we were at home, that's, that's the time we play, right. have done for, you know, for a long, long time now. So, you know, fingers crossed we get some good weather and, and people come out and enjoy what, what's left of this season. For sure. And who are your final opponents? Uh, we've got Penrith next week, uh, Mounties the week after that, and big reunion day on the, the 26th of August against North Sydney. So, uh, fingers crossed we can retain the same kind shield, if, uh, if nothing else, this season. I tell you what, North Sydney versus Newtown, it's got a ring to it, doesn't it? Uh, what, yeah, what, what, it's, yeah, it's always a great clash. Um, you know, two foundation clubs with, with, with good supporter bases, the two most supported teams in this competition, and uh, doesn't matter where they are on the table, it's always you know, a, a hardly fought contest, and um, yeah, I'm sure this one will be no bit, yeah, no different because you know again they're they're right in the frame to, to to have a crack at the finals this year, so they will be wanting to uh, finish on a high note. And you know if that's our last game of the season, our boys will be up for the contest as well. I'll be at a netball at that stage. I might. Well, I'll tell you what, before. Uh, there's a bit of an appeal for that one. I might yeah. bring my old footy cards out. Did you say it was a reunion day? Uh, yeah, it's our last home game of the year. It's always our annual reunion day. So, you know, a lot of the ex-players get back there and, and celebrate the club. Um, so, it's a, yeah, weather permitting, it's always a good day, usually one of the biggest of the year. I actually read an article during the week that the North Sydney Bears are angling to get back into the NRL by um, way of the Titans uh, on the Gold Coast and that club. Mm. It would be good to see the North Sydney Bears back in the NRL, boys? I think so, yeah. Uh, I think it'd be terrific to see the Bears back. Uh, you know whether or not you know they're, they're certainly putting their hand up for for an opportunity. Whether or not it, it kind of unfolds that way, I, I'm not sure. But you, 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 you know you can't break their spirit, and they were certainly hard done by a lot. You know at the back end of the 1990s there. So uh, you know potentially it's a win-win for everyone. But you know whether or not it pans out that mm, way, it depends you know, what the TV stations want. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, Stu, three games to go. Hopefully three wins there for you and a, a nice big day to celebrate at uh, what? Newtown. What was that, Stewie? What Hello. was what, sorry? There was some sort of... I think there's a ghost in your house, mate. <laughs> Sounds like a jet oh, going past. Oh, I'm outside at the moment, so it might have just been a car drive past. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounded like a jet, which was pretty fitting because we're talking to <laughs> Stu McCarthy oh, yes. Newtown Jets. As I said, Stu, three games to go. Hopefully you get three wins and a big celebration at your reunion day in three weeks' time. Sounds like a plan A, Lee, so thank you. All we'll right. that at the moment for sure. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next week. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Have See a good day. See you, Stu. You are listening to the Sunday Sports Wrap and we are just about to put this show to bed. Now, moving on just quickly, Haim. Cricket news. Yes. In the local cricket, in the junior crickets, we've got some rule changes. Yeah, we discussed it a little bit towards the end of uh, last week's show. Uh, it's interesting because cricket's one of those very traditional games, isn't it? It is. It is. And they're uh, tinkering with the the rules and the way they play. They play the game at junior level, particularly St George. We're going from an under-10s competition to an under-11s, under-13s, under-15s, under-17s is unusual but the length of the pitch is one of the things the number of players is another in uh, under 11s this year some kids who would have last year played on a full length pitch are going to be play playing on an 18 meter pitch two meters less than Mm. um, before guys what are your thoughts on that Mm. i think mm, look 
I see some merit in it, mm. but as you said, tr- cricket is very traditional. I'm a very traditional person and I love cricket. So, yep. you know, you see when the kids play um, the AFL, when they kick the ball around, they they play on smaller fields. Yeah. Netball, I think they play, the juniors play on lower posts. Lower post. So, you know, there are things in place for juniors to, to kind of fit their their stature you know they're only little yes and so i think that potentially does have merit however yeah i worry about kids learning and developing the right skills going forward and i worry about the kids that are kind of have already started playing with the longer pitches and the longer games and things like that in different age groups i worry about them having then to drop back yep. to different rules. Yeah, well, I was thinking along the lines that maybe... They could the, phase it the, in. The A division mm. won't have to play off the full length of the pitch. Mm. The B or C's yeah. can shorten it. Yeah. There, yeah. Is, there is going to be a bit of that. So I think in the under-13s competition, they will... 13As, they will stay with the standard uh, rules, whereas 13Bs will have some adjustments. Yeah. It's going to be clunky for a year or two, especially in the under-11s where some very good cricketers were playing under-10s last year off a full length and bowling quite fast. So there's that worry of injury for me. What about a phasing period? So if you've already started playing, Mm. so the new kids, they start playing the new rules, the other kids, they just George, Yeah, I just don't think St George has the power of numbers to be Mm. able to do that uh, comfortably. So I think it's going to be clunky for that particular age group, but I think in years to come... It's the way to go, even for a traditionalist like me, because the fact of the matter is we're suffering numbers in this particular area, which has traditionally been a very strong mm, um, yeah. Yeah. nursery, I guess yeah. you would call it. I agree. You know, we're really battling for numbers yep, in a dramatic way. So something has to be done. If you think about it, apparently the same thing in, in netball and in uh, soccer has happened over the years where, you know, there have been people up in arms about it, but two or three years down the line, it's forgotten about and, yeah. and um, we get on with it and the kids are able to to adjust and adapt. People just don't like change, do they? People don't like it. And <laughs> cricket more so than others because, like yeah. I said, it's such a traditional game. But I think from my point of view, it's something we just have to uh, cop because yeah. changes need to be made. Now, where I think changes need to also be made is we need to look at how we're marketing the game now that things are back on track. Um, yeah. You know, now uh, we can focus on the game. A good friend of ours, or a good friend of the show, Mario, uh, made a comment on our Facebook page not long ago about, you know, yes, things have started to happen, but where's the advertising? Yeah. And he makes a very good point. Yep, I agree. In the season, clubs have started their registrations and they're in charge of a lot of their promotion. But where's the help? You know, yeah, why lots of we money seen... for the grassroots has been put into this memorandum of understanding. Let's start seeing it. Exactly. We need to see ads, more ads on TVs. We need to see ads in the leader, in the local papers. We yep. need to try and really start to push this thing along. I think we can ride the momentum of the Big Bash. And as we said at the top of the show, fixtures have been announced. It mm. will kick off with a double header uh, at Spotless Stadium with Sydney Derby, Sixes and Thunder both the women and the men, on December 19. The women will start a little bit earlier. The final will be held a little bit later on February 4, and there'll be eight additional matches in the BBL. So let's ride that wave of momentum. Yeah, we've got three game, three WBBL games at Hurstville Oval this year. Excellent. Uh, and that's what we need, the oh, local fields, yeah, get the grassroots January, 27th involved. 27th to 28th. I know for a fact that the Sixers 
want to make that their home base. Yeah. They love playing there. They spoke to us last year about it. Yeah. Fantastic. Let's get it to the home, to the, the suburban local grounds. The numbers the, have been good there get too. Get the grassroots, get the girls involved. All right, we've been talking plenty of cricket, but there's lots of other sport going on. Say good day to us on our Facebook. You'll catch all the latest news there. We will catch you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.